Hello, this is Pastor Tim Osmond, one of the clergy at the Peoria First United Methodist Church, and this is The 116, a podcast about living higher, wider, closer, and deeper. The 116 is a presentation of the First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria. Now, don't forget to like and share us on social media. We're available on all podcast platforms. Please subscribe or follow us and be sure to leave a review. Go to PeoriaOne.com for more information about us and to leave us a message. Again, I'm Pastor Tim Osmond. It's my honor to be with you, always an honor to be with you when we're in worship or on one of these podcasts. We've got some special guests today in our room. Uh, we have uh, Julie Bell, who's our coordinator of communications. We've got uh, Julie Roth, who is our missions uh, chairperson of our missions team. And then we've got Reverend Aaron Yankee, who's joined us today on our podcast. He's a district superintendent in Liberia, Africa, in the Gampa district. Is that correct, Aaron, in the Gampa? In the Gampa district. So he's been a district superintendent there for, I don't know, about 150 years, I think, a long time, <laughs> um, serving the Lord in that place. Well. Yeah. And yes. so I just want to say briefly before we get started, and I think Julie uh, Rolf can confirm this, is uh, back a few years ago, we used to have dozens of missionaries that we were in ministry with, still have quite a few, but we narrowed that down in order to focus our um, time, energy, and attention on a smaller group of missionaries so that we could make a greater impact on a wider area on those missionaries so that we used to be able to send a few hundred dollars to a lot of missionaries, and we decided it would be better to send a few thousand dollars to a fewer number of missionaries in order to really make an impact on their life and the lives of those that they were serving. And so we're going to spend some time today uh, talking with uh, Pastor Aaron uh, today about um, Liberia, Africa, and his ministry there, and our partnership in ministry with you, because that's one of the things that we wanted to do uh, was to be partners in ministry with the missionaries that we had uh, in uh, that we were serving with, and and really wanted to feel like we were um, serving with you. And so very thankful that you are um, here today. And so um, why don't uh, why don't we just get a greeting uh, from Aaron? Go ahead, Aaron. Get right up in that microphone, by the way. And yeah, thank you mm-hmm. uh, for having me here this thing is afternoon. Mm-hmm. And um, again, I want to say I'm glad to be here at the Peoria First United Methodist Church. And I bring you greetings from first my family, my wife and children. And I bring you greetings from the people of Combat District. And uh, generally from the people of the Liberiano Conference United Methodist Church. Thank you. We've got, go ahead. No, you know, we're just going to get started, and you mentioned your wife and children. Can you just give us a little background? Your, yes, tell us about uh, your family. My wife and I met some years or more, 20 years or so, but we got married in 2009. Uh, 2009. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have children, about uh, four children we have. And we have two other ones that we took up as foster children. So I say we have six children in all. What are their ages? Uh, biologically, we have four. We have two guys, two boys. Mm-hmm. And the ages range from nine to 20. The younger one is nine. The, the one next to her is 12. And uh, the boy... 
just turned 17 and the bigger one is 20. He'll be 21 in June. Great. Yeah. Ganta Hospital has had a long relationship with Peoria First. Yeah. So we're not going to focus on that, but a lot of people watching will know of that relationship. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the School of Nursing um, that you have. Is it related to the hospital? Is it a part of the hospital? Well, this is a, the nursing school is actually part of the United Methodist University. Okay. It's one of the colleges. Well, the hospital and the nursing school are in a very good relationship. Well, the fact that uh, all of the clinicals, training, and practicals are being done by nurses in training, they all have been done at the hospital. So the hospital provides a lot of service to the nursing school mm-hmm. through that clinical arrangement. Great. What is your role at the School of Nursing? Oh, right now, um, as a district superintendent, uh, I also partly supervise that, but more besides that, I also serve as a lecturer at the School of Nursing in the area of uh, uh, English writing, okay, uh, research purposes and other things. Mm-hmm. So do they get a lot of training in English? In the English yes, language? Uh, yeah, English language. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, that's part of, of what I'm doing mm-hmm. right now. Good, yeah. good. How many students generally at one time are in the school? Uh, right now we're last semester because we're just about to start a new semester right now. Our registration is in process. But last semester enrollment was, was something around, I can't get a figure straight, but it was uh, something a little above 400 students. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good size school. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's a college anyway. Mm-hmm. I suppose a good mix of men, women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the women, the females are pre- are dominant because uh, nursing is such a few in Liberia that attract the females more than the, the males. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do they apply and how do they get accepted into the school? Go to the regular registration process, uh, do entrance first, and after the entrance, they go through the rest, they pass the, if a student pass the entrance, they go through the normal registration process. But usually they start with the Moravia campus, where they will have to do all their required courses. Mm-hmm. In Monrovia, then when they are done with that, then they will it will be sent, the students will be sent over to the Gantas campus. So how far away is that? Um, It's like 200 kilometers, three hours drive from Monrovia. It's a good distance, right? Yeah. So with the school today, what are the challenges? What are your biggest challenges with the school? Oh, right now, um, uh, I think we're working on that is the accreditation. It's something that you have to settle with the government almost every time so that you can operate. And uh, uh, other things like uh, equipment space for students. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, uh, we, we have one of the challenges we have was transportation. I think the Peoria Church also assisted us in that place, uh, in that uh, direction and then the, right now the, the van is very much important like I was saying it helps students who will do their clinical 
mm-hmm. time up to midnight even is able to help them go home and it's also used to be able to confess students who are going for uh, affiliation out of Ganta so uh that area of challenge have been settled by the partnership between us and the Peoria Church and a uh, lot of challenges reaching from student support um all our needs uh that maybe we got to just check up to to know right. what are those Right. We yeah. did see your video in pictures of the van mm-hmm. and the students standing there and yeah. cheering the blessing of the van. So that was that was awesome. Yeah. Awesome for us to see and be a part of as well. Julie, do you have anything you want to add as far as the school of nursing before we right. move on? Right now we have I believe 11 students on scholarship. And that's the most we've ever had. And explain how that works for people who may not know how the scholarship works. Right. So we have a program set up where the School of Nursing vets the students. Um, We provide the funding and um, we let them know how many scholarships we have available at any one given time. The scholarships are $500 per semester. And we're open to funding a student for as many as five semesters, which is the amount of time they spend in Ganta. So right now we have those 11 students on scholarship. And then as some of them graduate, mm-hmm. uh, then we go ahead and add more. And so that's it's awesome. it's a really yeah. great program. Yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. Okay, shall we move on? Okay, so now we're going to move on to Corson. United Methodist School, okay. which um, I'm sure you're aware. We just mm-hmm. recently had yeah. a pie auction and raised a couple dollars for you, which <laughs> was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to read a little history because I kind of remember this. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important for people listening to mm-hmm. understand. Yep. So the school opened in 1996, mm-hmm. but was closed several times over the years for various reasons. 2016, you had a vision for a new school building. And 2018, by faith, ground was broken Mm -hmm. for the new school building. It was in 2019 at the Liberia Partnership Summit in Ohio Mm -hmm. where you first met our Julie Rolfs. How did that meeting happen? Because I imagine that was a fairly large yes. summit lots of people and a lot of people right uh you know whatever is god's plan god does not need a longer time to have it done so we were in this building and there were a lot of presentation mm-hmm. and uh it happened that we needed to go out the participant needed to go out to break up in smaller groups and so we broke up in group, and people went group based on ministry needs. There were other people who went to agriculture, other people went to evangelism, and Eddie Roberts and I decided to go to education. And Julie joined us in the education group, and there the discussion started. And then we brought in Cousin, where the ground was broken, like you said, by faith. Right, right. And um, we started a discussion. And blessing it. I normally don't say luckily. I normally say blessing it. Blessing it. Um, when Judy and the others came back, I have I received an email that the church 
I approved $24,000 and that was so great. And it was just like this. Mm-hmm. So I call it prayer answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. That we have for cousin just answer within yeah, yep. a short time. Yep. So how many how many kids are there? Do you, or first two, what grades are there? We got from kindergarten to Navre. Okay. This year, uh, we started seven. This year, we'll actually be taking in Navre because uh, the, those kids that started from the seventh grade, they will go, they went, some of them were in uh, every and then they'll continue to Navre. So it means that the school will be taking in Navre this year, this academic. But this academic is about to close up in June. We got a little over 200 students. Wow. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So do you have um, multiple classrooms per grade? Yes. Uh, for the building, the Peoria Church supported, we have up to nine classrooms. Wow. Yeah, it was uh, nine classrooms. Yeah. Do so you have trouble finding teachers? Well, uh, it's not, uh, I can't call that trouble, but uh, Challenging. The, the challenge we have yeah. now is finding the teacher who is committed with all of the constraints we have with salary and all the things to have a teacher in that situation to be committed mm-hmm. is where we have a challenge. Mm-hmm. But teachers are around, people are around qualified to teach. But right now, the ones we have, they are actually committed Good. with all of the constraints we have. They understand and bear with us and keep teaching faithfully. Good. Yeah. Awesome. Because it's about the children, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's about the kids. Yeah. And uh, uh, before the cousin, cousin school is all like community school and almost everybody in the area support the school one way or the other. And I remember there was a guy who came and just volunteered his time to serve as a, to just take care of something, making sure that the children are in class, they are not rooming around. He didn't do it for salary. Right. But just for right. the time. So he comes and around maybe a few hours and just provide a service mm-hmm. and he going by his business to do other work. Awesome. So yeah, that, that's what. That's awesome. Yeah. So the people actually own the school and that's what one of the things I was, I really intended for, for them to do. For them to own the school and and, and and know that it is for them so that they can't feel that oh the people just came and put their school down here and then and left. Yeah, and left. Right. So. Right. They're they're a part of it. Yeah, part they're of a part it. of yeah. it. What's your role at the school? Well, um I'm the district superintendent, so that role costs me to supervise most of our schools, churches and institutions. Because it is a United Methodist school. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Right. So uh my role as district superintendent gave me the right to supervise uh, schools, institutions, churches, pastors, and other things within the district. So most of the time, uh, I go there to visit because the school is in a remote area. So I'm like engaged in giving some update to the church. You got to even get phone call. It's difficult. You don't have good ne- network. Um, um, you don't have internet service. Right. Uh, like the other time I was telling you about generator to provide electricity for us. You don't have electricity there. So mm-hmm. you have a lot of ch- other challenges in, in that regard. So most of the time I have to ride to go there. and get. So how far of a ride is that from where you typically are to it's the school? It's like um, 
It's like between one hour for the five, one hour and forty five minutes between forty five and one hour to, to it's ride. A, yeah, it's yeah a so for you. yeah, so when we were there, mm-hmm. I know we we're near Ganta. Ganta's a pretty good sized city. It's mm-hmm. like a hundred thousand, hundred and thirty. Yeah, it's like between fifty, sixty thousand. Okay, fifty, sixty thousand. Good sized city though. Mm-hmm. But I know internet service was a challenge for us the first few days figuring mm-hmm. out how to how yep. to and then the other issue we had was power would go off sometimes mm-hmm. for a couple of hours yep. you know sometimes for six hours one day it went out for about six hours mm-hmm. it would eventually come back on but mm-hmm. it was a little bit inconsistent which is also I understand why so many Liberians cook with with charcoal. Mm-hmm. Because, get, you know, natural gas is expensive. It's hard to get there. And electricity cost is so expensive. Electricity is expensive. And even even if it's not, if you've got a turkey that needs to cook two hours and the power goes out an hour into <laughs> cooking, yeah, 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 you, that's you, a bit of a challenge. Might, it, yeah, it, would, it might not done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, I understand. I don't know how new it is, but you have night school yes, now it's, offered it's, as well. And did that come from a need? Yes, the community? a need. Like I told you, the community people see the school as theirs, mm-hmm. and they support it everywhere, and they just want to be part. Recently, before this academic, at the beginning of the academic year, um, when the principal launched that next school, the next school component of the school, you have a lot of adults, and some of the adults are people who whose education was aborted by the mm-hmm. war, and some of them stop at the fourth grade, third right. grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, and they would not continue. So right now, the the, the, the thing is wise, and because of the school, they want to make use of that opportunity. At least to continue, mm-hmm. basically to be able to read and write. Yeah. Basic needs, basic needs, yeah. right? But what a great opportunity for those who may be working during the day yeah, or have other day. obligations, yes. but I've care also, enough. Mm-hmm. That they want to go so, back and get that school. Yeah, so, so others, uh, people who are working, who go to their farm and do their work in the evening, they come back. So how many would you have in night school, would you say? Well, I wonder, the, the last time I visited them, we got over 30 pressing. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, around that, yeah. 30 yeah. that's okay. a good, that's a good amount. So what are the needs of the school now? Right Which now... Library, we said, as we said, library, and library is not only the building, as we look at it, we also need books. Okay. Right now, our government uh, have produced test books for schools. Before then, when I was in high school, most of our reading and literature books were from the Western literatures, and but now we got those ones produced by the Ministry of Education mm-hmm. in the country, so... Those are the required and recommended books that we need to use. So if we have a, a library built, it means that we have to list with the education ministry in Liberia to provide those books. For the so students. you have the physical library? No, we're thinking about building that first. Okay. Yeah, it's a building we are thinking about doing first. And when we have done that, then we... Then we need the books. Yeah, we need the books. <laughs> yeah. Then we need the books. Yeah. So we talked about power. Yeah, power is one need. Generator. Yeah, for the next school section, mm-hmm. yeah, generator. So that's why it is. Right, yeah. right. So along with needs, a lot of those are financial needs. Yes. Um, and from what I understand from 
our pie auction mm-hmm. is you have acquired some land. Yes, uh, we acquired a cousin house of about ten acres of land, extra from the land the school occupies, mm-hmm. and that land is intended for sustainable uh, program. Right now, we have cultivated three acres of those of that land mm-hmm. with oil palm. It's intended just in case of partners support will wear out. The school can have some source of income. To right. Keep so what do you oil. use oil palm for? Right now, oil palm, um, people getting pump or uh, the oil, they pro- uh, like now they got a factory in Argos that produce argo oil. Okay. Uh, grease for the hair. Yep. Some lotion and other kind of things. Well, yeah. Generations are going to need that stuff, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anything else you want to share about the school that we maybe didn't touch on? Or Julie, is there anything you want to add? Yeah, right now, um, like I said, uh, right now we, we one of the challenges we have with the school, as you may know, Kosen is located in a very rural area of Liberia. And the economic activities of the people there basically is subsistence farming. And subsistence farming does not provide for them in extra, extra fund of money to be able to pay their children fee, even though they are aware that they need to pay their children fee or paying it on time and paying it adequately is the challenge. So that delays the fees collection from the school end and it also delays the past uh, the teacher's salary right so yeah so uh as we may as we speak uh we, i think we still have some area for teachers salary because the parent the payment is slow from the parents end so that's why we were we are asking for more scholarship support mm-hmm. see how we can open what does it cost to have a student, um, if I was as the parent to put my child through school yeah, for the year, three hundred dollars for a year. For a year, mm-hmm. yeah. Great. Yeah. Anything else you want to add about the school, Julie? Well, I've been thinking a little bit about the man that we met while we were there, who's the principal of the school, um, Magistu, or Magistus, and. Um, he does not yet have his bachelor's degree, but he has a great desire to get that, which would certainly give him a, a little broader skill set in doing his work. Um, he has a motorbike, and um, he's working on getting admitted to the United Methodist University's School of Education. Yeah, yeah. And he could attend school in Banga. Banga, not Morovia this time. So that's about an hour and a half, mm-hmm. two hours by motorbike. By motorbike, two hours. So and and they are working on plans for the vice principal to, principal to be able to step up and oh, and fill that gap. So, you know, we want to see Corson. Ex- we want to see that school succeed. Um, Absolutely. You know, we've made a significant investment there, and so we have some opportunities. <laughs> within our missions team to look at how do we feel like we can best support all of the programs that we're involved with in Liberia, but primarily the School of Nursing and the Corson School, and one more you'll hear about in a moment, um, and just discerning how best to take the funds that we've raised and put them to use in Liberia. Um, and so those are some of the things that we'll be continuing to talk mm-hmm. about 
Um, but it's, it is exciting having been there three years ago and we met Magistus and to understand that um, he has a path and, you know, it, there's a line of sight to him getting his bachelor's degree and that's really exciting. It's very exciting, you know, especially, you know, being here in America, there's so many things we just take for granted. You know, I couldn't imagine riding my motorbike for two hours to go to class. Okay. And considering I mean, that an easier trip than the other alternatives. Yeah, and I'm, I don't know this for sure, but I would assume it's not on a nice paved sidewalk or road that I would be riding yeah. this motorbike on. Yeah, my uh, the rule the rule from Ganta at least they are doing some work pavement work on it now, but it would it is not going to cousin. However, the rule from cousin to the me rule is little is still a gravel rule, mm-hmm. a muddy rule, but it's still uh, clean and at least you don't have too much love. Bouncing and right, right. <laughs> so let's move on to one other area, yeah. um, and that's the women's sewing program. Okay, can you just describe what that program is? Yeah, the women program, that sewing program, started twenty ten with support coming from first from a, uh, a, a retire a retired pastor of the United Methodist Church from St. Louis. Jen, Jen has Jen has been supporting but uh, recently because of the economic problem and she's aging mm-hmm. and she has other things to do. So she... So just so I understand, the sewing program, is it part of the church? Yeah, part of it's the part school? of the church okay. ministry. Okay. The women of Gomba District run the... The sewing, program. the sewing program. So they are teaching other women how to sew? Yes, so teaching other women. So with the constraint and with the, the huge need for people to erode, we were able to talk to Judy, to the women of Peoria through Judy, mm-hmm. and got 12, right? Yes. Scholarship. Awesome. 12, sub, uh, 12 other students being supported. Um to continue on that. So we, the one with Jane from, uh, Jane, mm-hmm. that's the name of a lady from St. Louis, and, Louis. and yours, it make a, mm-hmm. make a great impact. So we had huge graduation, this, this gone cycle. So how are they sewing? Um, I, of course, you know, I go to my yeah, house and make, I've got my yeah, electric they sewing make, machine. They make uh, dresses, particularly they do ladies mm-hmm. wear, Mm-hmm. It is where I learned. one of them who graduated is is the one who really sold for my two guys. My wife used her most really? of the time. Carry her the clothes. So what's her sewing machine like? I assume not uh, electric. It's not, it's not electric because foot <laughs> like, pedal. Yeah, like uh-huh. you said, yeah. uh, electricity is very expensive. Mm-hmm. So to to run such a school with electrical machine, you would be like needing extra costs to pay electric bills. Mm-hmm. So we do pedals with the foot. Yeah. Well, they kind of get yeah. a workout too in the in the meantime, don't they? So yeah. I understand there's a benefit maybe toward the pastors with this sewing yes, program. Yes, this the gone cycle. We recruited one. I think one pastor wife came, mm-hmm. and um, when she graduated, right now I I thinking when I get back to reach her 
So to add to be part of our part of our newsletter, she's the only seamstress in her village. And it's like all of the people who need sewing, who got sewing need, go to her. Mm-hmm. And she does that. Mm-hmm. So it's so much amazing and I uh, think it's, it's part of the impact. But besides that, many of them around Ganta area, they have, some of them have their own area shops and running it. Right. Uh, so that's the impact they're having. So the program, do you have te- teachers who are teaching these women how yeah. how to sew? The women themselves, some of the women themselves who are trained in that area. Mm-hmm. And then they can yeah. go back to their village mm-hmm. and teach their skill yeah. to others. Somewhat similar to, mm-hmm. I learned how to sew at a very young age from my grandmother. And it's a trade that, you know, I continue to use today. I don't make beautiful clothes like <laughs> like the women where you are do. Yeah. But So anything else about the program that you want to add? Right now, the, again, the needs are still there. More Financial. And, yeah, mm-hmm. more because... The more finance we have, the more we will allow. Because the enrollment in the skill training, the sewing school, mm-hmm. is based on the finance available. So if we have financial support for 20, 50, we roll 50. If we have it for 20, we roll 20. So we don't go beyond. Because what we do is after the graduation, we are giving them machine, a starter kit. Mm-hmm. So for that start again, you can't be giving startup kits to certain group of people and you leave the other people out. So right, we right. Don't do a, a, we want to make sure that the number of startup kits we have is the number of person we wrote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are we helping um, with some of those scholarships as well through the mission team here? Yes, I just said that the last graduation we had, yeah, you, you uh, the women here with the mission make some... Yes, our United Methodist Women um, sponsored six six scholarships. So those are six scholarships at $300 a piece. So those are three, okay. And then the missions team chose to match that. And so we had 12 scholarships in the last calendar year. Now we're into a new calendar year, and um, we have not made any commitments to new scholarships, but it's something that... I'm feeling strongly that we need to give a little more attention to Mm -hmm. in particular because the opportunity for pastors families to have an income, especially pastors in rural areas is Mm -hmm. really important. And pastor Aaron works with um, some of these rural pastors on a beekeeping program. And that's an interesting program that helps the men have a source of income, but this gives the women women. a source of income Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that it's something that we want to revisit and maybe ask Pastor Aaron to see how many pastors' wives he can get into this program because that, to me, obviously all women need an opportunity right. to, for right. a trade, but that's a, an obvious need, and it connects to, obviously, the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something I'd like to see yeah, us and, and because, invest in. Because of the first person, first trial, and we see how it's working well, we also make that request to the Geneseo Church. Mm-hmm. Think the the provider funding for like four persons. Mm-hmm. We have four other. But that's four wives. four They're people recruiting. you didn't have before. Yeah, we have have of four pastor. They were so particular to say pastor wife. They, they, <laughs> they, 
they did not leave it open. So we we might be recruiting four pastors' wives. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. How long is the program? It's one year. One year. One year. Wow, that's a lot of sewing. <laughs> one year. Well, unfortunately, our time's about to run out. We try to keep these to about 20, 30 minutes, and we're mm-hmm. just a little over 30 minutes now. And there's so many questions I'd love to ask you yeah. uh, because Liberia is such a beautiful country. The people are, are just so gracious there, and there's such great need there mm-hmm. as well. Um, we keep talking about a civil war that occurred several years ago, and still a country is recovering and rebuilding from that civil war. And I'm very thankful that we're able to be in partnership with you, mm-hmm. um, Pastor Aaron. Um, you're just such a gracious brother in Christ, and I can see your heart for your people. And, and you just get, you just got an amazing heart, and I'm very thankful for that. Thank you. But uh, we want to thank you for being with us today. We want to thank uh, Julie Ross for being with us again, our missions chair, and Julie Bell. Always a joy to be in here with Julie Bell. She <laughs> lightens the room and brightens it up a little bit, and we're very thankful for that. Well, um, again, that's the coming close on the 116. Again, it's a podcast about living higher, wider, closer, and deeper. The 116 is a presentation of the First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria. Don't forget to like and share us on social media. Again, we want to remind you that we're available on all podcast platforms. Please subscribe or follow us or click a button or something down there that tells you that you've enjoyed what you've seen. And make sure to share us with others so they can hear the good things that are happening on the corner of Maine and Perry in Peoria, Illinois. Go to peoria1.com for more information about us and to leave us a message.